a hotel was destined to be our guest's second home from the time he first stepped into one when he was a little boy. Now Fabio Pezzini is all grown up and behind the bar at one of London's premier hotels right in the center of it all. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. The polo bar at the Westbury Hotel has seen and heard it all. From bowler hats to beetles performing on the roof nearby on Savile Row. Now the modern day fashionistas and Instagrammers. The windows lining the ground floor bar off of Bond Street are the perfect set for any of his and his team's cocktails. As bar manager, Fabio is guiding the polo bar into a new era and his journey from Verona to London will prove he is the one to make it happen. As I said, my name is Fabio and I've grown up in Verona, where I come from originally, um, where I actually started my first uh, moving into the, the, the field of the hospitality. Um, I'm uh, 41, young age, uh, and uh, you know I'm in London for already 11 years, so I develop uh, more or less whatever is my career over there the most, but uh, I'm glad to talking about my my past, where I started from. You're definitely going to talk about your past. So oh, let's go back to Verona. Definitely. Um, were your parents both from Verona? Um, yes. Uh, my mom, actually, she's come from uh, uh, the closest city, which is Mantova. And my father, yes, is originally from Verona. So I'm 50-50, uh, but yeah. But all uh, northern. Yeah, yeah, all northern, all northern. Um, Glad to say I started to with my mom has a business as a bar when I when I was seven. So she opened this bar coming out of the blue because she was doing a, a PA before and they decided to open this bar with uh, uh, the closer desk friend of her. What uh, kind of bar was it? It was like a city bar. So a lot of uh, sandwiches, a lot of uh, um, like wine, obviously, for the era where we're coming from, uh, you know, Valpolicella and uh, whatever is Suave as a wide, the most famous one. Um, so I started to do my first coffee when I was seven years old and I learned from my mom what does it mean, hospitality. <clears throat> Why do you think she started the bar? Uh, she started the bar because she always been uh, fascinated about uh, uh, cooking for someone else but she didn't have enough money to open a restaurant. So she decided to do something closer with a, a small cuisine because obviously the regulation as well for, for Italy about selling food, you know, they're quite different, complicated. So she found a way to express herself in a different way that wasn't behind the desk. And she was very happy from the very beginning. Was she making the cocktails or making food that no, went with that, the cocktails? That, that's, that's Verona is a very small city. We're talking about uh, 240,000 people. So um, the, the bar itself is an office bar. So where we having like, we had a lot of uh, um, clientele coming from the offices for having lunch or takeaway lunch. So let's say that she was uh, someone oh. on the first uh, side of uh, uh, delivering food in Italy. You know? I guess um, I did not. So an office bar, that's something in Italy, an yeah. office bar. Yeah, yeah. So I guess during the day, people Correct. work in offices. They come, now, is it a nighttime bar as well? Well, my mom, she retired. So we she sold the first bar. She bought another one, which was bigger. And she made uh, she made a journey. And then eventually she got older and she decided to finally stay home. 
for the no happiness of my dad, but that's that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so back to you. So seven years old, you're in there playing around I and making coffee. I love my first coffee. coffee. Yeah, and I learned what does it mean hospitality with uh, uh, five fingers of my mom on my face because <laughs> I was like very shy. And a guest came in and uh, she told me, you have to say good evening to the gentleman. And I was like making the face like, no. And my mom, she decided to teach me what does it mean you have to. (laughs) So I am actually glad, you know, that I had this kind of uh, uh, learn from from the very beginning. We're talking about different age. We're talking about different uh, ways to grow up as well. And um, they were quite strict, my parents. So that's that's where I learned uh, a little bit of discipline. And uh, I'm glad to be who I am at the moment and to being strict in kind of situation. And I love my job in that for for that reason as well, you know, because I learned straight away what does hierarchy and uh, as well. I'm moving my first steps in the hotels where I start to learn about the hierarchy of the people on top of my head. And I was looking at the chart in the hotel, even if in Italy there's no like big companies, you start to see a lot of people on top of above my head. And I said, one day, you know, I will start to grow in and to make the journey to, to get better. I had a couple of uh, sliding doors to, to do different jobs in my in my life. Um, glad to take the, the one that took me over here at the moment because I completely in love for, for, for my job. But... So when you were younger and um, you were learning about the hospitality and, you know, living, pretty much Mm -hmm. living in that bar, did you think, this is it? This is the world for me. I want to stay in this world. There's nothing else. I definitely um, start to enjoy from the first moment. Um, My first summer season, I was 14. Uh, I didn't have, uh, I asked to my dad to buy me a stereo. Uh, He told me, you know, you can uh, you you are growing up to to do by yourself, and that moment uh, I didn't understand very well until when he saw, when he told me you need to go to work this summer. I was like, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> good to know. I didn't know before, but now that he let me know, you know, I put it on my agenda. <laughs> I'm gonna make it happen. So I started to do my first summer season as a um, waiter in a pizzeria. So not in your home, not in your no, mom's no, no, bar. No, no, my mom, she, she, she doesn't want to have me around. So <laughs> <laughs> they pushed me to go in a pizzeria. They were so kind to uh, take me over and bring me back home. So they was taking like their time. And I understand that, you know, the, the gain itself, it wasn't like that much to justify them to take me over and take me back. But that was a teach for me to understand how much is the value of the money and how much, he, you know, it worth to go work. So that that was a great stage for for my for my first steps, and after then that, I was doing school and during the summer I was uh, I was always find a different different job for the summer, so I moved in one of the biggest uh, restaurant close to the arena where we do have the summer festival the lyric summer festival, and I started being like a, a waiter for the summer season 15, 16, and seventeen, uh, I was quite smart and I became uh, from the second year I became the, the, the let's say the head uh, commie chef uh, over there so I was in charge for the lunch and the, especially the afternoon uh, that was so you great. were cooking no 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 I was um, I mean he's like uh, just for the oh. <clears throat> commie for the for the for the um, 
chef Daniel, in the European correct yeah uh, so head well we would call right, it still chef, yeah. maître yeah exactly <laughs> commis de rang and chef de rang uh, that was that was uh, great summers where I can start to find money uh, to buy my my independency so my scooter and uh, and moving forward uh, was there any time any time that you thought I'm not going to be in hospitality after your studies or uh, you knew just right away? One, just one step, as I said before, I had a sliding door where I wasn't able to find the right direction. Uh, I've been looking for something different because it was the moment of my life. I was 18 and uh, I didn't, you know, f- express myself in the best way in, uh, in the place. Um, and I decided to, it was a transition between a pub uh, uh, to then what I found in the first Stars Hotel, actually in the first Stars Hotel that was the very beginning. And they've been offering me this position to as a seller, uh, to going around with uh, like an ambassador or stuff. Uh, nothing con- connected to the hospitality so it was no drinks or whatever it was something else like gardens uh, garden city and stuff like that uh, they waited a little bit longer to give me the contract my dad came in and they said okay this is not for you I'll give you a job for you so he had a contact and uh, they take me over for this four stars hotel with us very still in Verona yeah in Valpolicella, mm-hmm. uh, the family that belong to this hotel has as well a vineyard, so well uh, based in the in the Valpolicella itself, big family with a big name, and I started to work with them for, and I stayed there for three years. The hotel is called Villa Quaranta. It's a great, great spot in Valpolicella. Now you're working in a hotel now, and you've worked mm-hmm. in a lot of hotels. Do you think because of your experience in that first hotel? You felt, oh, I feel at home here. This uh, is what I want in, to pursue. Yeah, I I tried different sectors of the hospitality. Uh, nothing engaged me so well as a hotel. I love the um, the way to see once a year your guests they come in regularly. Um, so I love the fact that I can see familiar faces. Um, regardless how long you work in the hotel, you know, you have the repeat guests coming back and you know um, someone is more difficult, so you need to talk with your staff and, you know, uh, tell them what are the difficulties for engaging these people. Or th- That's a big word on the back. The, the behind the scene, it's incredible. So what even my staff can see at the moment is maybe 10% of what we got behind the scene meetings and uh, talking through about guest uh, guest expectation that we, we are not able to deliver the first time. You need to exceed in the second time. You need to make it happen. And that's what I love most. And you were happy in that uh, hotel in Valpolicella? I was. I was pretty happy because I didn't have any any anyone on top of my head. So I was looking after this very small bar uh, in the way I would totally wrong most probably <laughs> but I was young innocent. that's your 41 self looking oh, back on. yeah of course I'm, I was a young innocent uh, um, no experience uh, that was uh, the only experience I had it was looking my mom and making coffee making coffees uh, and 
um, learning about a bottle of whiskey that at the moment uh, I know what I was selling. But at the time I was many, I was like, oh, this is just smoky. What is that? <laughs> you know, now I got all the impression on the back. I got the studies. I, got, I know what I'm selling. But at the time it was for me nothing connecting to numbers, right? So I was buying that bottle for I don't know how much money. And just I was like doing my research to see how much money I could gain for a for a portion of that, but mm -hmm. we didn't use in like even the jigger to understand how much it was. So yeah, that was like free, random. Free pouring. Free pouring. <laughs> Something <laughs> that if guess. I see someone now to doing my part, <laughs> that's not gonna be a, the best five minutes of his life. But that's 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 a different point of view, right? They are in London and that's what I love about London mm -hmm. is uh, the being professional from the top. But you got the bug there. You mm. caught the bug. Yeah, and, of course. Um, you thought, I guess, you thought this was, this is going to be something that could be my career. Definitely. So definitely. how, from Verona, how did you take the leap to your next um, um, jobs? I get a lucky and lucky in the same time that a guest offered me a job in uh, Sardinia for the summer. Uh, to what, looking back a little bit, when I was 17, I said to my mom, um, that I found a job in Dover on the coast of UK as a sommelier. I was uh, learning about wine. I was in Valpolicella, of course, I was very interested about wine. Um, but I was 17. So when I got back, I talked to my dad and my dad told me, screw you, but now you need to go to talk to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so my, you, you, as you can understand, my dad doesn't decide a lot of, in the house, right? <clears throat> I don't have a brother, sister, so it was just myself. Mm. Um, my mom, she replied to me, um, you are 17 and you cannot decide for yourself. I still decide for yourself. You're not going to go. So it's better to find a job yourself uh, in the area over here. It was like a punch, a big oh. punch on the face and uh, because I really want to wanna go and see the world outside. Uh, my mom, she paid, she paid that one, trust me, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the kind of person that, that's fine. I give you the nice face at the beginning, but trust me, stays inside of myself. Oh. Uh, that's why when this gentleman offered me the position to go away, I couldn't wait longer. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, regardless, I had no contract. I had nothing. I resigned. Uh, and then I started to stay home waiting for this contract arriving and Summer season, for some kind of reason, I don't know if it was like a, a lie or not, it didn't start um, soon. So in that moment, uh, it was the period that we started to have the internet and uh, I went online and I see this uh, website where I found a job in uh, Venice then. So that was the moment where I started to move. And I went to Venice, close to Venice, for doing my first summer season. So Sardinia didn't happen then? Sardinia didn't oh. happen at that time. Mm -hmm. It happened later. Oh, well, that's good. So Venice. So you went right into tourist Yeah, tourist I area. went to this place. It's called Bibione. Uh -huh. uh, it's uh, really uh, famous for uh, summer season. So mm -hmm. I done this, uh, this great summer in a place. I was so excited because the hotel, the name of the hotel was Grand Hotel. <laughs> so at that time, having the name as a Grand Hotel on CV was spotless for me. It was like, look where I am, you know. I was so proud talking to my friends, saying, 
look, I'm working at the Grand Hotel. Then eventually he was a four star. <laughs> they said he was what he was. But I've been there for uh, two, three summer seasons then overall. It was exceptional for the fact that I wasn't leaving home anymore. So I had my own uh, very, 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 and I would say very again small uh, apartment, which was like what we call a studio flat, even smaller, if I can say. <laughs> so it was that small that at some point during the day, if you want to open the fridge, you have to close the bed. So you can open the fridge, <laughs> then you can close the fridge and open the bed again, right? Uh, that, that, that was challenging, but it was something that gave me the freedom to stay away from mom. Called me three times a day until the point I said, mom. Verona is not so far away from that. I Venice. know, I know. Thankfully, it was enough. <laughs> it's to, like a half an hour, an hour no, train it was, ride. It was, more. Train it was ride. Two, two, two hours and uh, 20 minutes a day, uh, more uh, or less, uh, by car. So my mom, she started to call me many million times and I said, okay, mom, you know, your, your son is good, he's eating, he's feeding himself, he goes to work, he comes back, he does what he does, a guy of 20 years old around by himself for the first time. So just, just stay home and, and we try to be like a little bit, you know, far apart. After then that, I start to moving for a winter season. So I was doing a seasonal work. Uh, that was great because I could, you know, traveling. I had a lot of time for myself because it's a summer season and the winter season, you're working overall nine months. And then Italy at that time, it was paying me as well. For the three months, I was uh, staying home. So it was like gaining, a, to be fair, a lot of money for the, the work I was doing. As a winter, I was going to Dolomites. So I've been spending a winter season between uh, Madonna di Campiglio and Cavalese. Uh, then the summer I was going back to um, Bibiona in Venice. Now, as a seasonal worker, mm-hmm. or did you think, oh, I could do this forever? Or did you feel that seasonal work was a stepping stone to, you know, something bigger? It or was... did you not even think about that? No, 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 no. I actually always uh, thought about my career. And uh, I was doing this for money-wise. And in the same time, I still had all my friends that they were like free from families, from, uh, you know, they were not adults like they are at the moment. So I was having time to enjoy my friends for the three months I was off. Plus I was working a lot and saving a lot of money, which was splashing them as soon as I was finished the summer season. But it was like, <laughs> as the, the day after I finished the summer season, I was already like <laughs> half of the budget, right? It's fine. Um, I thought I considered a lot about the, doing this season wasn't good enough for my career. That's why at some point I decided to uh, stop myself. So that was the moment when I had the first winter season that I moved out of the border. So I was in Austria, basically, on the border. Um, and I stayed there for, for three years. And what in your head was the career going to be? That was the first time I was in a five-star hotel, so another time. So you thought five-star? Yeah. That's what you thought of your career Correct. ahead of you? Correct. Uh, my mom, she always said to me, we because when I was young, I was like, oh, looking this massive hotel in uh, uh, Riccione when we were going for summer, for summer holiday, and we were always like in a very small pension, very, very small pension and like small rooms and everything. I was looking this massive hotels like five stars luxury whatever and she always said Fabio 
if you wanna if you wanna go in a place like this one day, you need to go work. <laughs> As I work, I was like, thank you, mom. You're so kind. <laughs> you see a lot of chances for your for your only son. Thank you. But I took it on board and uh, I started taking it as a as a challenge. And I moved the first steps in these five stars hotels and I started to see that, you know, I could do great. Was it everything you thought when you started working at the yes. five star? Which five, yes. where was it? It was Alpen Royal Hotel in uh, Volkenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, great hotel. It developed and it became like a, one of the most uh, best hotel in the in Old Tirol at the moment. If you go in and Google it, this, this place is amazing, amazing place. Uh, I was working close to this fantastic chef. The name is Felice Lobasso, and he became a Michelin star chef now. He has his own restaurant in uh, Milan. Great person, great character, like uh, super happy. He actually teach me a lot. I mean, I learned more from the point of view of hospitality from a chef rather than a bar manager that I had. He really gave me like the the chance to tasting, developing my first cocktails, which were like, if I'm looking back right now, <laughs> obviously I'm gonna laugh a lot, but that's where we, all of us, we passing through. So we passing through classics because it was in the, in the 90s or in the beginning of 2000, through where we are at the moment, which is a totally different market. Now, was it usual that the bar would work with the chef at that hotel? Yes, the chef at that hotel was very, very important. We didn't have any uh, food and beverage managers, so we were connecting. As I said before, uh, that's the difference between UK and Italy, which is uh, even right now. There's no structure with a lot of uh, hierarchy. You know, there's no companies. And at that time, it was very simple to find owner, Mm -hmm. maître, maybe bar manager, maybe, you know, and the chef. That was the hierarchy over there. So when you get to be a bar manager, you arrive. Unless you're going to invest yourself money and you buy your mm-hmm. own hotel, that's the top you can get. There's no F&B. At the time, there was no F&B. Maybe they didn't even they know what does it mean, the word food and beverage. So economies, the food and beverage, was nothing. So we have to do everything ourselves. And did you think from the chef um, that he opened your eyes to what the possibilities could be yeah. for you as a bartender then? Yes, yes. Because he obviously, he done this before he was a couple of years older and he passed already all of these steps that I was taking at the moment. So tasting-wise, uh, I opened my, my vision to connect the food with the, and the food with the things that we were serving. And then he has a great knowledge uh, for uh, uh, the top quality food. So obviously, for the first time, I could taste caviar. For the first time, I could taste uh, pata negra and learning that something else that's good enough as uh, we do in Italy as a parmaham, you know. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I need to give him a lot credit for, for what I learned in that period. And then the hospitality itself, that was the five-star hotel, and I could express in the way I would. So it, a lot of things that I learned myself, because at that stage I became a bar manager for a five-star hotel, passing through a four-star uh, superior in uh, Madonna di Campiglio, which is, was great as well as experience. 
But as I said, I was so proud to go back to my friend and say, look, I done it again from the Grand Hotel Bibione, which I was already looking at the back, uh, like, mm, okay, <laughs> to a five-star hotel. So now, I, there's some really gorgeous places <clears throat> in Italy. Yeah. You know, some of the most fabulous hotels in the world. What made you want to come to London? I passed through different steps before that you obviously you don't know at the moment. So once I left for three years uh, this place in Bolkenstein, um, I decided to leave it because it was too far away. The, the, the small the town it was thousand people, right? So during the summer, during the summer season over there, it was pretty difficult. Uh, far away from the city center, which it was like uh, 50 minutes by car, uh, Bol- Bolzano is the name of the next city. Uh, so I said to myself, I need to go back to life, to being better connected to everyone. Um, I had done a summer season in Sardinia, and uh, during the summer season in Sardinia, because it, I, you know, it was there waiting for me for a long time. I actually joined Sardinia the wrong year because it was the um, the most difficult financial year in when we start to have crisis. So that was reflected a lot in the summer season that we have over there. So uh, I saw the the problem that we had over there, and I decided to try something different. So all of my friends in that summer they were talking about. Uh, doing something for the winter to go somewhere. Uh, the things that I never accept is like when the people challenging me, I'm a Taurus, I'm like, don't. <laughs> I don't play for second spots. If I see that I can play for second spots only, I don't play. That's that's who I am and I don't like second spots. Second spot for me is like the first loser. That's, that's how I define the second spot. Um, so they challenged me to go to London because... Uh, it was that close. And I said, but London is too close. If I go, I go to Australia. So everyone told me, ah, you're not going to go. You're not going to do this. The day after, I had already the visa. So I said to everyone, I got the visa. Anyone want to come with me now? All speechless, all uh, <laughs> open mouth. I'm like, what? So, they should know you already by now, right? <laughs> and I decided to leave and I left. And I go to Australia. Go to Australia, which was like the best year of my of my life to be to be fair with you. Because I was far away, I could express myself in the way I want. Like no one knows you. So no you don't you don't have any more any etiquette on you, like the person that maybe a difficult person or maybe someone I don't know. You know. All of us we we taking someone inside and we we leaving and we know that we can express ourselves in the way we definitely are. Um I get to Australia, beautiful, beautiful experience. Uh, I found a job in a in a restaurant uh, near the um, near the harbour. So at the time, the the salary was was still good. So I had enough chance to having a studio flat, bigger studio flat <laughs> with you, facility, <laughs> right? You didn't have to no, put away the no, bed to no, open the no, fridge. No, no, no. Yay. Uh, <laughs> with a beautiful view on the harbor as well. Uh, great, great, uh, great spot. So I spent my year over there, actually 10 months. Then I start to travel around uh, Australia a little bit for the last couple of months. And then I came back. So when I had to decide to go back, I was like, uh, now I have to go back, right? 
where I can go because I had done already Austria on that side. I done. I don't want to go back to Italy. It was uh, it was starting to do the, the the winter season again. I said, how about Swiss? And I've been Swiss. Hmm. So I started to find a couple of contacts of mine, and they put me in contact to go work in Saint Moritz. I took the chance. And the ultimate five star place. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I like ten to, stars. Yeah. You know, where are the money? I was in Sardinia, but it was enough money. <laughs> Let me find something better, right? So I decided to go to Saint Moritz. Saint Moritz winter season I stay longer than a winter season I stay overall ten months. Must uh, be crazy. It actually work. it was difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned German before, so it wasn't that difficult about the language. And anyway, it's the corner of Italy anyway, somebody. Right. So you can express yourself in different languages. Um, I learned English. Were you in a better. hotel or a bar? I was in a hotel. The hotel name is Cesar Gardalei, which at the time was a four-star hotel uh, with a crazy F&B manager. I, that's the, the first thing I remember when you, when you asked me for that. This guy was waiting the bottles, not even looking at <gasps> one, you know, taking a stock take. No free pouring there. Daily basis stock takes this guy. It was crazy. But you see, you know, you're learning. Mm-hmm. And then eventually when you started doing these things day by day, um, it became naturally. So regardless who I met on my career, good or bad people, I learned something from everyone. That's, that's the most important part. I, I admit that, you know, sometimes the people, they're looking back and they see bad people and they're thinking like to say only bad things about people mm. I could say more than bad things I could say more than bad things but I learned from everyone which is something that I take in mm-hmm. on, my, on my baggage so I went to uh, to Swiss and then uh, after 10 months I saw that Swiss it wasn't good enough because the food that I don't like cold I'm not into snow sports <laughs> so I was like a little bit feeling a Back again, like I was in Wolkenstein, and I said that enough is enough. What is remaining? Spain, US, and I tried to US, but I didn't get any visa very quickly. So after that, I was uh, in Swiss for eight months. I started to apply for visa and these kind of things. I didn't see any feedback. So I said, I need to find a solution. I need to go. Let's try London. I thought you said you didn't like cold. <laughs> well, yes, but eventually it's a city I'm with uh, with uh, with. Summer, so. <laughs> <laughs> in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, the first summer, the first uh, when I arrived over here it was May. That season, that year, uh, it didn't rain from May until September, and it was super, super hot. You, you brought see, it. I called my mom and I said, "I don't know why people complaining over here." Was she still talking to you after yeah, going to Australia? Yeah, we still, right. we still good, talking. Good. Yeah, she was. Um, she wasn't happy. Now London. She wasn't happy. <laughs> London. Um, you you must have known that this is the home, pretty much the home of cocktails. Now, mm-hmm. was that one of the reasons why you came? No. no, no. I am totally fair to say this. I would could building up stories, but no, I moved here because. Uh, I have to find a better place to live because uh, I couldn't feel any more to live. After I tried Sydney, which anyway was four and a half million, and I loved it, I said, I need to find another city where to live. So London was good for the hospitality. London mm-hmm. was great for uh, as a CV, to building up your CV. And I came over, but I had no friends, no knowledge about London. So 
I learned a little bit about uh, hierarchy and about uh, um, companies in uh, when I was in Australia. Uh, and your English? How was your English? My English when I went oh, to Australia. Oh, I guess Australia. Australia. I'm sorry. I was. It was yeah. disaster. It was. A but disaster. after ten months in Australia, obviously you're speaking. I can English, tell you right? that. I was replying to people, instead of saying, you're welcome, I was hey, I don't care. <laughs> so, that, so the first couple of people you met in Australia didn't Now, I, now yeah. I know why the people, when I was in Italy, I would say, I don't care, or don't care, that's it. They were looking at me like badly, but I never realized because I never had a mentor to tell me that that's wrong. So I learned myself. Mm. Anyway, I came to London with no knowledge about hotels mm. and big names and... Uh, I remember that I, for the first couple of months, I didn't find any single job that I was something that I like. I was definitely aiming higher than I would because I had like a lot of experience mm-hmm. as a bar manager already, um, Sardinia or Swiss or in, uh, in Austria. And I said to myself, I want to apply minimum as a supervisor. It's not working. In London, you know, if you your CV, regardless of what you've done in the past, is not the same as London. So yeah. you need to learn um, how to sell alcohol, what is alcohol over here, the history. Um, you need to get a package to become mm. who you can become over here. <clears throat> I start to apply for these uh, smaller places, then I wouldn't be able to fit myself in a different environment than hotel. So I took the chance and I said, okay, you know, I wasn't applying for the five stars hotel. I was applying only for the four stars as a supervisor. <clears throat> so I said, okay, fine. I don't have any more. I mean, I still have money, but I said, I don't have much money more to, to waste over. I will try to do my best to apply for the five stars hotel and see the environment, at least of the five stars hotel. So I applied for a few uh, five stars hotel and I start to get like finally response. And they were calling me to be a bartender. I knew the company of Mandarin Oriental. And then I applied for this place, which I never heard about. And the name is Dorchester. I was, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so both of them, they called me. Uh, and I had the interview the same day for both of the places. <laughs> I still looking from outside. You know, for me, the Mandarin Oriental was, I don't oh, know, boy. in my mind was bigger, was better. Uh, and I was living with an old lady when I came in London and she told me bad things about the Dorchester, about what she knows about the Dorchester. So I was like very curious to go to the Mandarin Oriental rather than the Dorchester. <clears throat> then the bar manager of the Dorchester, we started to get engaged a little bit better and he was Italian and he is Italian and uh, he, he convinced me to go there. So we, he took me out, we had a drinks together, one of my best friends now, and uh, he opened my eyes a little bit. So I took the position as a bartender uh, at the Dorchester and where I started my journey in London, where I stayed for three years. And was it a massively big difference from what you had been doing before? Well, the impact of the promenade, it's massive. I mean... You can feel it. You can feel, we're talking about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. where the big money they were. You could feel it. You could feel it in the way as well. Your, the staff was acting. There was like uh, no more chances to be like casual. You need to be professional. And that's, you know, for me, it was like 
wow, finally, every single person is like their professional. So I don't have to fight anymore to find and, you know, started to being together with the only people that they they're producing a great job. Slowly, slowly, I get the second with the, with Stefano behind the bar. We were running this uh, promenade bar, which is was absolutely successful with live music. So we start to engaging a lot of guests. And Stefano was there for already a couple of years, uh, so he had already start to building up a little bit. But as soon as we come in, we put together. It was like a couple, you know. The working, working with uh, with Stefano and uh, working with the other people, the other three members of the bars, it was great in the way we were performing over there. So, we, I was talking to you, you are a guest, regardless what uh, what we were talking. I was maybe asking what you like or what you're drinking, and in the meantime, my colleagues they were listening what we were saying and they were preparing already the drinks. So we never stopped to conversation with each other. Incredible, the. The way we were performing behind the bar without even knowing each other, but the way we were everyone on the same level. It was no boss, no second person. That was make feel everyone special. And, you know, in the way you can do that, I was doing with someone else so they can feel special in front of the guest. Incredible. That journey was absolutely opened my, my mind in terms of hospitality and the way we can uh, exceed the expectation of the guest. Mm-hmm. You know, the guest was still talking and maybe... You need to wait three more minutes to have the drinks. No, the drinks was ready. Was was already there, and he could finish the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, everyone was amused. All the people that were amused about this. We build up for for the next three years. I stayed over there. A great uh, a great bar. Small bar. The the main bar sometimes was making less money than us, and the main bar has like double the our stuff. Mm-hmm. The main bar has a better name because obviously there's. One of the biggest names over there, Giuliano, as well, is someone that I learned a lot from uh, coming from my same region in Italy. Was one of the biggest uh, bar manager. And he's still, he's still there, still on the top of the name, Giuliano. Mm-hmm. So I had the chance to learn a lot from 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 him as well. Great, great. Did you think I'm in the right place <coughs> for me now? When I was at Dodge? I mean, when you were in London, did you think this is this is London was tough was at the very beginning. Uh-huh. London. Won- was tough. I had no friends, and the first couple of months it was difficult. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started over there, my my life totally changed. Mm-hmm. My life totally changed. I found a, a different place to go to live with the younger people as well, and then I had friends at work. So for me, work is everything. And uh, even in that moment, you know, having like friends, co-worker, it was great. And so you. You went on to Quaglinos after that, right? Uh, not really, not really, <laughs> not really. Uh, I spent three years at Dorchester. When I left, I joined uh, um, D&D for the first time. So I opened a place in Liverpool Street, which is called uh, Bengal Bar. <clears throat> um, so you turned away from... Mm-hmm. I turned away from, from the, the hotel. hotels. And I, that was a big step. It's not only because it was uh, not an hotel, but the big step it was passing through Mayfair to Liverpool Street, where Mayfair and that particular moment, the, the guests, they were like very, very easy with the money. They were splashing the money for tips and everything to Liverpool Street, where the people, they were fighting to remove the £2 service charge. <sighs> so it was a big, maybe... 
too big and I wouldn't I, w I wasn't aware and I wasn't ready for that kind of step. Uh, I stayed for three months until when my manager from the Dorchester moved to the Linsborough and I moved and he called me back to be supervisor of the Linsborough. So at the Linsborough, I spent uh, one and a half year before they closed down for the refurbishment. I was the supervisor for the, um, the smoking lounge downstairs and uh, the library bath, one of the biggest iconic uh, bar uh, in London. Wow. <coughs> After then that, they closed down. So the Lanesboro was going to close down? Yeah. Because it was getting refurbished? Correct. So what were you going to do in the meantime? In the meantime, I started looking after and the food and beverage manager that was at Dorchester moved to the Corinthia as a hotel manager. And the project was for Corinthia to open the cigar lounge because I was supervisor for the cigar lounge. And you know me, we worked together very well. He, he actually contacted me and uh, he told me about this project. So I even think twice because working with uh, Renoir, it was great, has been a huge mentor for me in at the Dorchester um, in the way I love the way everyone was scared about him uh, it's true it was massive scare and when the PA of Mr. Gregoire was calling to advise that he was walking down to the promenade you could see the manager walked out straight away from the pantry put everyone online like checking you know uh, the grooming checking the way the breath sometimes, you know, because he was very strict. The fact is, I never get worried about that because I know that I was performing good. And you were used to strict. I was, I was actually no concern at all. When I actually was coming down, I was the only person that going to chatting with him and, you know, making jokes as well. And I could see my manager sweating with the, you know, <laughs> dripping like a little bit of sweat on the face because I was, and then he was leaving and every time he was laughing. So then eventually, as I said, he called me back to, to work for the new project at Corinthia. Unfortunately, it takes a little bit longer than normal at the Corinthia. And after one and a half year, I was there moving between the apartment to try to fixing and putting together the bus at the Massimo before. Uh, and then uh, to the North Hall, where I became uh, a system manager for a restaurant manager. So I tried to move in a little bit of the F&B department to see if I can grow in my career as well. Uh, great opportunity. Thanks. I'm 100%, million percent uh, thankfully to Mr. Gregoire for giving me the chance to learning as well uh, the restaurant side. And uh, maybe because I had the restaurant side as well, uh, I've been called to go to Qualinos and developing a little bit of skills over there. And what did you find different from working in a restaurant bar to a hotel? Did you miss it? Uh, I miss every single day. Uh -huh. I miss my guests. I miss the, the you know, the, the restaurant itself is, is not a five-star hotel. What I loved about the Qualinos is the, the bar. It looks like a lounge of hotel. Plus the view from the top of the mm -hmm. bar of Qualinos to the to the restaurant is amazing. Uh, that 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 spot is incredible, incredible. The only problem is uh, underground and there's no windows. So at some point, yeah. you know, after two and a half years uh, that you don't see the light, for f even your skin starts to get like uh, whiter than normal. <gasps> I was like, I'm looking like a phantom. Man. You need your vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, but the spot itself it was great. I was missing my my. All my guests, 
Um, but eventually I work very well and I learn a lot. I mean, what I say, D&D for me has been my university. Regardless how many hours I did, regardless how bad managers on top of my head, uh, but what I learned uh, in, it, it was totally different. So basically the difference is between the five stars hotel and then eventually to find yourself to work uh, in D&D, uh, you need to learn uh, PNLs, numbers. Mm-hmm. Every single day is meeting for everything. So you need to be in control of every single person walking through the door. Uh, things that I never seen before, because you know sometimes in the fastest hotel only the managers knows all of these things, and that's what we say at the very beginning. My guys knows ten percent about what's going on behind mm-hmm. the scene. That's the reality. What is in the back is like uh, all this budget, cost management, the business uh, of it, all over. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I learned, and I'm so thankful to even these people that treat me bad sometimes to learn all of these things because I, I wouldn't be here right now. So it's a step of career that I done, no regretting. It was very hard. It was super hard. So here we are. And yeah, we are at yeah. the Westbury, sitting in the Westbury. Right. So in another hotel. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes, the Hanover Suite. <laughs> this gorgeous suite. Um, so now you've come back to a hotel. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm uh, working for the Westbury for 10, 11 months now. And what were you brought on as? How? Tell us a little bit it about was, your journey it was, here. It was a little bit, a little bit change. Uh, um, they had a manager that was here for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I've been told from the very beginning, they need to have a change. They need to have a change. Uh, they need to be more competitive of the years where we are. So this bar has been managed in the past uh, brilliantly. Um, the manager done a great job before. But they never make the swap to being luxury to a little bit more up on the market where you need to engage everyone. So the first step it was for me to take away this label of being expensive, being only luxury, and you cannot permit if you don't have like uh, three credit cards, right? So that was the first part of the journey because we want to engage any single guest coming through. We want to become uh, uh, one of the, the cocktail bar they've been on the bound for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. the best things is engaging uh, people of the industry to come over, try our cocktail, and you know, um, became some of the places where the people coming to London as a bartender and they want to go to see Artesian because obviously it's one of the biggest names, mm-hmm. or they want to go to Siago at the Connaught. You know, this kind of big name. We want to become not as a Fabio. I don't mind. I'm. I'm not the kind of person that want to put myself in front. Actually, no. My team is in front. And I prefer to see the people coming through and talking with any of my waiter rather than to be in the light of the place. I will be because obviously I give to the people light enough to shining all of them. Right? All of them, they're stars. And the stars taking the light from the sun. But I don't have to be there all the time. So No, absolutely. And... When you have, you know, it's it's probably a super exciting mm-hmm. to be given this challenge to become one of the great hotel bars in London among, you know, a plethora of great hotel bars. Yeah. Uh, how did you even start that? Were you, you, you know, talk me through menu creation sure. and all that well, kind of thing. Well, the first thing to to 
to consider and uh, the first uh, um, core stuff that we kept over is the service. For me, service is uh, more important than the cocktail itself. It's more important of the the wine or what you're selling because eventually uh, there's a lot of people that can come back for you mm-hmm. as individual, as a waitress because you're giving like the best service. You know, we are hospitality. Hospitality itself is service. So there's a lot of standards that we're having. We are part of Marriott Hotel, so we have all the standards of the Marriott. Plus, we're having the excellent standards, you know. Uh, that was the first part that we kept as our core. Then we move forward. We start looking what is the market around at the moment. So there's a lot of studies between uh, uh, what your competitors, what they're doing, what they're serving, the money. So we need to study. I had to study a little bit what are our challenges around, what they're doing for for their guests, and we have to serve in something better. So, you know, it started to making deals, to reducing the cost of the uh, of the spirits or whatever, to giving a better a better price to our guests, to engage any single guest to coming to coming through in a different way. So there's promotions. We I love to working a lot with brand ambassadors because obviously they are part of this business, and they want to take me inside. So they will help us with some other marketing on the other side. So it's it's taking any single people around the business to help you to building a business. Because by yourself, you're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Same as with your team. If you want to be the, the only star and you're not giving them the chance to shine, well, this is not a project. This is a project for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's a solo project. So over here, you need to take in the hands of everyone. We have a great uh, hotel manager. We helped me a lot at the very beginning. I was helping him as well because he has less uh, knowledge about London. He just arrived in London. So we growing together in the last uh, in the last year. And we are selling at the moment a fantastic uh, product. So we get through the process of changing a team, which it was like long. Um, we unfortunately have to lose some, some people on the way. They decide to go back with the previous manager and that's part of life. Mm. So at the moment we just engage uh, Cyprian, which is our new head bartender, super creative guy. Uh, super knowledgeable he loves to talking a lot and that's for us is a point of uh, point of engagement with the guest behind the bar you know it's the first step you know it's first approaching uh, and then we having uh, my assistant manager Benoit great uh, great uh, hospitality fields as well coming as well as well from uh, the Dorchester part of point of view and then Linsborough as well great 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 guy so we with them <coughs> We start to building up as well, not only the team, but a new cocktail list. Because what we are focusing at the moment, uh, as I said before, we want to be louder on the market. Um, this place has never been uh, a big name for cocktail-wise, but it was more on Chacham Andrache, Amarone, we serve in this kind of wine, we serve in this kind of champagne. But there's a market as well for us for, for cocktail position that we're having on the on Mayfair on very close to registry. So we need the, the windows that we're having. So what I normally say to my guys, the first marketing point of view, our Instagram is not on the social media. Our Instagram, they are like the three windows that we have on the bar. Because everyone can pass through and they can see if you have like a fantastic cocktail on the table, that's your first Instagram. 
So that's where the people that can see us, they can say, oh, look what they're serving over there. Let's have a drink. Especially in this part of town, which is all absolutely, fashion. Absolutely, absolutely. So we obviously love the past. So our basic is um, classics. But we try to look in classic twists. That there's something that's been done already quite a few times. So all over my staff, when, I, when we're doing like a cocktail list, a new cocktail list, I engage every single one. So I give them the direction. But they want to see that everyone has a name on the menu. Because there's nothing better than having like something to propose to your guests. Like, I made this one. This one is my signature, right? Why I saying that? Because <laughs> for the three years I've been working at the Dorchester, my manager, he didn't pass me one single cocktail, right? <laughs> I had two only at the very last one when he was leaving. I think he, he gave me the spots only because I pushed for many, for many mm-hmm. times. So, so that's why I, I love now. You see, I can learn from, from whatever I... I got in the past and I understand what does it mean not having your cocktail on the menu when you work in a place. So now for, for me, it's all about them. It's all about uh, create uh, create something with, with them and create a buzz with them. Because eventually as well, any single individual can help you to do marketing as well. So why not? You do have potential. You do have some skills in the house. Use it. There's no point to keep it on the side. Well, should we go down to that bar and try one of Benoit's or I one of the other's cocktails? It's the, uh, the best choice of the day. Thanks so much to Fabio for taking us on his journey. I assure you, one pass by the polo bar and you won't be able to resist any cocktail. Especially our cocktail of the week. Take the essence of the famous Venetian cocktail... Then add a bit of Italicus, and you get our Cocktail of the Week, the Bellinicus, a polo bar favorite. To make this at home, put all these ingredients in a cocktail shaker. 45 mLs of Italicus, 20 mLs of lemon juice, 15 mLs of rose syrup, and 4 mLs of peach bitters. Add ice and shake, shake, shake. Then strain it into a champagne flute. Top it all up with Moet and Chandon. A chic, peachy cocktail. You'll find this recipe and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. Next time, join us when I meet two lads who ask themselves why there weren't any mixers to go with the dark spirits they loved. So, they decided to write that wrong. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast. For more information and links to everything you've heard, plus a whole lot more, please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. The music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. 
And I'm your drinking partner, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar.